I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files today. Al, we're talking about how bad outside is. Oh, yeah, it's uh, pretty bad out there. It's bad outside, not just like, just, you know, the the illnesses, but also the pollen. Oh, yeah, it is rough. We had our front door open. We have a little gate that we put in it. And uh, we did yeah. that yesterday because it's starting to get a little warm. Yeah. And uh, the pollen is just flowing in that open door. It is thick. I am swimming through it. Al, today I took my little dog, Pepper Jack, on a walk and uh, my eyes were so itchy. My inner ears are itchy. When I got home, I sneezed. Uh, I sneezed so hard I got my period. (laughs) That has happened to me before. And this is concerning because according to my birth control, I should not be having my period until, ooh, next week. Next Wednesday, in fact. Wow. Okay. So the allergies, uh, the pollen just decided to pollinate you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's no. like, I need you to be ready. What is pollen? What is it? Is it like flower sperm? I think so. I think it is flower, oh. flower fluid. So, are bees, like, the nastiest bug? Oh, bees are absolutely the nastiest bugs in the world. Oh, they just roll around in it. They get covered in it. They're like, I love it. Get it on my face. Get it on my chest. Get it wherever you can. (laughs) And then they eat it and spit it out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. And then we put it on our toast. Well, I mean. (laughs) Hey, the shoe fits. I, anyway, so right now, my eyes are so itchy. I'm so ready to just claw them out. And my inner ear is itchy. I don't know why. I'm not sneezing, though, anymore. So it's just all internalized. I get uh, I get itchy ears when I have that bad heartburn. Really? Yeah, I get heartburn and my ears get super itchy and it's just Whoa. a nightmare. What do you need to eat to make your ears itchy? Uh, If I just wake up and I have a cup of coffee and I haven't eaten anything, I will immediately get heartburn. Oh, and your ears get itchy. Yeah. Maybe that's where you're like, you have two secondary and tertiary little stomachs up there. In my ears? Yeah. (laughs) And just a little bit of the coffee goes up there every morning? Yeah. (laughs) Could be. Could be. Could be. I saw that crime. Boy, howdy. Now, let's talk about this crime. Season 9, episode 7? 7. Yeah. Can you uh, get that description up and ready for us? I got it. Uh, This episode was called John Doe, and here's the description. Goggett tries to figure out who and where he is after winding up lost in a Mexican town with no memories. This could have been. This could have been okay. Yeah, but it's the X Files. But it is. Hey, fool me once, shame on me. (laughs) Fool me what two hundred and fifty three times, shame on Chris Carter. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think so. I was, you know, I was, at first, the first thing that you comes on screen is Day One. Yeah. Uh, just, just the title, Day One. And this is like a direct and ultimate threat that there's going to be more than one day. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, this is just Day One. I hate it. I think that, it, it, like, day, I think there was day 13, day 14, but, like, I really don't, you don't need to put us in linear time, Chris Carter and Vince Gilligan, because it makes it feel longer than it actually is. Yeah, you don't need to deliver a threat right at the outset. <laughs> the, um, Doggett is, uh, wakes up, he's real sicky, there's a shoe thief, um, who steals his shoe, and Doggett runs out after him. And I gotta say, he must be either on another planet or a video game or a Tarantino movie because the saturation the was lighting. off the wall. It was bonkers. What was happening? Well, it was like, I think what was happening was the cinematographer was like, hey, this episode's set in Mexico, so we gotta make it all white and yellow and brown. It, it did actually, thinking back that it was Vince Gilligan, I know Breaking Bad had a tendency to oversaturate as well. Yeah, well, or like even undersaturate, because that's the meme, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's that picture of uh, Walt, Walter Drugman in the desert, and uh, it's like blue, and it's like the American desert says, this is America, and then there's another side-by-side, -side, same shot, but it's sepia tone, it says, this is Mexico, and it's like... <laughs> Honestly, this this meme that's, like, very real that a lot of American movies set in Mexico have a sepia tone or, like, a washed-out yellow filter. Man, that meme did more teaching of film theory and cinematography theory than a lot of my schooling. <laughs> Absolutely! Um... So we know he's in Mexico right away, right before he does, because of the, the saturation. Uh, and he also learns, Doggett also learns something that we've known throughout, that all cops are bastards. Yes, absolutely. Every single last one of them. Even your uncle. He sucks yeah, the most. Sorry. <laughs> sure, he's a great guy. But guess what? Mm, he serves a corrupt institution that does not protect the common people. <laughs> And if you wish um, him a happy birthday, you are a bootlicker. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Doggett, maybe this starts Doggett's transporta uh, transportation, transformation into like, because Doggett was a Marine, then a cop, right? Yeah. So like, he's, I mean, dude, he's a bootlicker. He's a, no, he's a bastard. He's a, yeah, all, all Doggett is a bastard. Everyone's a bastard. But maybe now he understands that, like, oh, cops have this undeniable government-oriented power and uh, can prey on people that are marginalized. Oops. <laughs> He's never going to get that. No. No. <laughs> oh. Because he still oh. will be like, these Mexican cops are bad, but if I go back to America... Oh, I see. Damn it. Ugh. Mexico. Uh, he gets uh, beated up by the the Mexican cop. They put him in jail. He immediately becomes racist. Yeah. Oh, uh, hold on. I forgot the do to do do to do's. Yeah. Um, there is one intriguing screen name. What did you like? Uh, Stick Bus. I also liked Stick Bus, and I liked <laughs> Earl underscore Flask. Ooh. 
I need to know their stories. <laughs> Just a science fan. I feel like Stick Bus, I feel like the Earl is a science fan, like a science teacher. I feel like Stick Bus, like, they were popular. They made little videos on albinoblacksheet.com. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and they didn't, they didn't make the move to Newgrounds because they thought it was too, like, you know, it was too over it. <laughs> oh stick my God. Bus. I would love to see love Stick, stick Bus' MySpace page. Yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Zog is in jail. And the first question he asks is, where is this place? And the guy answers, the jail? <laughs> I like this guy. I'm going to go on. I like this guy. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's great. (laughs) It was that Dom, Dom, Domenico? Domingo. Domingo, Domingo. I'll just call him Dom because I will be making a lot of Fast and Furious references from now on. As you should, as you should. This this, uh, Mm -hmm. episode, yeah, reminiscent of the third, third or fourth Fast and the Furious movie. Um, I believe you're thinking about, are you thinking about the drug running one? Yeah, that's the fourth one. That's the fourth one, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did remind me of that a little bit. Yeah. Like, maybe this is a prequel to that. Yeah, that would be great. I would love some more family, actually, currently in this episode of The X-Files, really, honestly. Yeah. That was wild. Remember they had those secret tunnels? And they had to make it through in 60 seconds? Absolutely bonkers. I loved it. So good. So good, so good, so good. Man, uh, if the X-Files... See, in this in this episode of the X-Files, um, Doggett is fixing a car to go very fast. He is, yeah, he absolutely is. And they teased it. They teased this whole kind of, you know, Fast and Furious feeling and never gave it to us. And I was left starving in the desert. That's It's so sad. Hey, when are we going to do a podcast where we watch the Fast and the Furious movies and uh, do episodes about them 10 minutes at a time? My dude, you stay the fucking word, and I am on board. <laughs> I have actually been hankering to rewatch uh, one through what nine? Yeah, we one just through... like we watch the first ten minutes. We do an episode about. It. We watch the next ten minutes. Oh we do god. an episode about it. Oh my god! It has to, someone. Has, you know what? There's two white cis guys who already do that. I there has to be. Yeah, so we could do it better than them. I guess. I know. I just, (laughs) Well, you know what? You know what podcast we maybe actually should transition into? What? Do you want to, you want to go read the Nook book? Oh, 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 me? Oh, oh, me? Me? You? The Nook book? The Nook book? Let me just pop it open. Do, 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 do. There it is. Uh, what what are we talking about today in the Nook book? I want to know about like what's your what's your style? What's your fashion? Like what's what looks are you really digging? Like what makes you feel really comfy when you're running around doing your stuff? I gotta tell you, I'm so glad you asked this question, Al, because I have maybe the best look um, that I have ever devised. Now I am notorious for spending all my bells on fashion. Uh, And I am also notorious for um, increasing my house space specifically to get more storage, specifically for all my fashion. Mm. Um, I am walking around. Let's start with the toes. We got some cool red and yellow sneakers. Love it. Uh, Some great thigh-high socks. 
Stripey, mm. of course. I've got a red wrestling singlet. Oh my god, that's incredible! I've got some sports shades on, uh, yes. also red and orange, and on top of my head is a pompadour. Oh my god! It is the slickest fashion. That's incredible. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. I'm very proud of it. What's your fashion? Uh, today, okay, I am, I'm gonna go head to toe. So yeah, 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 yeah. I have a dark purple cat head. Okay. Point, Wait. Pointy ears. Cat, like a cat hat? Like, or the whole head? The whole head. Whole head's a cat. What? <laughs> what? Well, you sent me a picture of this. My face is peeking through. It's like the bunny head you sent me. Oh, okay. It's like the bunny head. I thought you you were had like a furry head, my dude. <laughs> no, no. But I do think you can get those. Um, oh, God. And uh, yeah, so I got the cat hat. Uh, full head hat. And then I am wearing a camo-style bomber jacket, but not your tradition one. These colors are purple. They are aqua. They are pink. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then, next next on the docket, covering up my junk, I got some lime green sporty shorty shorts. (laughs) Showing off that booty. Hello. And uh, a pair of gradient tights that go from blue to, to teal. And then I have a pair of bright orange soccer cleats. Oh, my God. Because I will walk all over you. Oh! (laughs) I'll pay you two. How many bells? (laughs) You can't afford it, honey. (laughs) I think what we'll do is we'll either take screenshots or little videos of our fashions. We should put them on the Instagram. Yeah. Or on the Twitter. uh, Do a little fashion show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's all what matters now in this age of 2020 is how our islands are doing. It honestly is all that matters to me. <laughs> I do have to say um, a couple things about my island. Mm-hmm. Uh, KK has finally made his first visit. Oh, nice. And I did see end credits. Um, and I did, like, tear up a little bit. Aww. Uh, but now I have godlike powers, so that's great. I can, um, make rivers and cliffs. I'm really enjoying that. It took some time to get used to, especially because the, one of the Joy-Cons on the Switch I'm using, which is borrowed from a friend, had just the worst and most intensifying drift, and then eventually just would not let me go downwards. So I have a little kit to to fix that with, and then in the meantime, I'm using a spare Joy-Con from uh, my roommate. So I can't tell you how much easier the game has gotten since (laughs) I started using it, because it's a breath of fresh air. You were playing on hard mode. I was playing on hard mode, and now I can, like, actually use the landscaping tools and not get so frustrated, and I'm really enjoying just, like, making, like, different areas of my island that have different vibes. Oh, I'm so excited. And speaking, it took yeah. me, I want to say, like, 15 days, but all my villager houses are finally in the right place. Oh, good. You re- you reconstructed and you were you kind of lined them up? I made them in a little neighborhood with their own little neighborhood square in the middle. And That's very um cute. I just feel so good about it. And uh That's I got I um I've got Vesta in there now. Ooh. She's like kind of a cool sheep and uh she moved in and coach moved out and I was like sayonara coach. <laughs> Look, I'll take your buff boys. <laughs> I need. I only need one jock, and that's Lyman. Okay, okay, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Now, I have a question for you, an actual question. How many villagers do you have? Ten. Okay. How do you get more? I only have 
Seven? Seven, go to the islands. Oh, but oh, first, you have to but first talk to Tom Nook and say you want to sell some land. Oh, I And see, then I see, I see. you have to pay this bastard 10,000 bells to <laughs> put up land for him to sell. Ugh. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe not. I'm I'm enjoying the seven uh, that I have currently. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jock Island over there. You know Jock what? Jock Island, yeah. I really Jock like the- Island. <laughs> and like- also soft femmes I would marry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's perfect. I like the cranky villagers. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah, I like Caesar the gorilla and um, Rooney the, the kangaroo. Um, I just yeah. like their vibe. Like Caesar, I wasn't Caesar was this guy that just like moved in of his own accord. Like I didn't even find him or invite him. He just showed up one day. Yeah, and um, I was like, well, I don't know, this is a big red gorilla. I don't know, I don't know. And but every time I talk to him, he calls me highness, and I'm like, you're right, I am a <laughs> prince. And then oh, no. also, I went into his little house. It's a bar. It's like the best little nightlife bar. Oh. I think I saw a picture of that. Yes. Yeah. So I made him a little menu to like go outside his house. And it's just like, I love this dude. (laughs) Now you did. I did see a picture of you uh, jail a villager. Yeah, I did jail a villager. I did. She knows what she did. In this, in this, the Nook Nook book corner, would you like to tell our audience uh, what that was about? (laughs) It's just like a fun goof. Okay. 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 Just uh, Rooney, could they get out? Rooney taught me to how to make a jail cell, and yeah. uh, I thought, well, this is fun. I bet I could just uh, kind of lock someone in their little yard, and then uh, I put it in front of Molly's house. She's a perfectly nice girl, Molly. And um, I took a little photo, and I just went, <laughs> "Isn't this cute?" Uh, and then I, I, and then I removed it. Okay. Okay. I thought this was like a punishment. No, but I would do that to someone that I don't like. Maybe Sylvia, oh actually. <laughs> oh, no. The power is going to your head. I'm not a huge Sylvia fan, if I'm being honest. No. Mm, well, who is? Okay. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? Yeah. In the in, On my island right now? Yeah. You know, I have Hornsby, mm, and he's my great. Boyfriend. Uh, yeah, I have, I have a couple that, you know, they're okay. Um, Audrey and Melba, I thought they were going to be my faves, but there's this really gross looking frog that moved in. His name is Hank and he's oh. like kind of a grayish green color. Do you mean Huck? Oh, Huck, Huck, I yeah. I have Huck. You have Huck? Yeah, I have Huck. And he kind of grew on me. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. I like him. I just love a frog. I like, he's very tiny. He's got a little smirk. He don't care. No, he's he's a cranky. He's a cranky boy. Yeah. Well, he's soft to me now. I love it. Okay. Oh, now all I want to do is play Animal Crossing. So we should finish this episode about the X Files. Okay. So this guy Domingo, he buys John Doggett's way out of jail and then hires him to like help him sneak people across the border. Domingo, I like. I will say, yeah. Domingo, like the whole thing has some a very like gay vibes. 
Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in equal measure, homophobic vibes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Much like Fast for- and Furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, as soon as like as he says, "Oh, I want to get this guy out of the jail," and someone says to him in Spanish, "Oh, you in love?" Now I have a question for you. Um, we both, you know, of course, got this episode of the X Files legally. Yeah. Um, we went to our library. Uh, but maybe your library is a little bit different than my library. I did not have any subtitles. Oh, I didn't have subtitles for that part. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Do you I, just speak Spanish? I, I just know a little bit of Spanish. I took it in high school and college. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I realize I I took a couple years... I mean, I took French from grade 7 to grade uh, 11... I I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know if, what to if, tell if, you. If there, if there was an X-Files and they went to fucking Quebec, I wouldn't be able to tell you what they were saying. I just, like, that's why I speak to, switched to Spanish. So I was just like, I fucking hate this. I don't understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> when I started using, like, Babblefish or, like, before Google Translate in the long, long time ago to do my homework for me, I'm like, I guess I should just give up, huh? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I just feel like I lost out on, like, having that little cool thing that you can watch TV and kind of understand people who aren't speaking English. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was just that the Spanish teacher at my my high school was so cool that you just, like, wanted, oh, yeah. you wanted to learn. Oh, man. I love teachers like that. I didn't have many of them. That's yeah. why I'm a teacher. A really bad teacher. <laughs> I want to, I have a new segment for you. Oh, you have a new segment. Give it to me. The segment is called, this is what the plot of this episode would be if it was a gay romance novel. Um, I love this segment. And frankly, I'm upset we haven't had this segment previously. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's coming in this late, this late in the game. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Okay, so um, this was inspired by the scene where uh, Scully and Skinner are talking to Kirsch, and they're like, okay, yeah. we got to find Doggett. He went to Mexico, and Kirsch is like, yeah. now you know I'm looking for him, too, but I'm disbanding your task force. And so here's the yeah. thing, is that what if yeah. Alvin Kirsch and John Doggett have been secretly hate-fucking the whole time? Oh, my God. What if? Because this does not make sense, because... They, dog, or Hearst talks about how he's put, like, I don't know, 70 agents down in Texas looking for him. Mm-hmm. And then they get the first evidence that they get of John Doggett, a picture of him across the border. And then he calls it off. Yeah. So he, I think, what would happen in the gay romance novel is Kirsch would, like, disband the task force because he has to keep face. And then he would go yeah. down to Mexico himself. Meanwhile, John Doggett is working for Domingo, who seduces him, but it's like kind of like a... Now, I don't like these kind of books myself, but I have to admit that they exist and that this is the kind of book it would be, but they would have like kind of like a dubious consent relationship. No, like a power struggle. Like a power struggle, because those are huge in, in, um, you know, gay fiction written by white women. Yep. (laughs) Um, And uh, and oh, you mean all those student teacher fucking gay novel books that I want to flush down the fucking toilet? Uh huh. Uh, So Domingo would be like kind of seducing John Doggett and, you know, being like, well, you'll never find out who you were, but this is who you are now. Fix this truck for me, John Doggett. Um, I mean, person whose name I don't know. 
I and then, like uh, you know, Kirsch would come in and rescue John Doggett and remind him who he is with a very powerful kiss. And then he'll see his son again. <laughs> well, I don't know. That, that part we might not need. Oh, oh. no? <laughs> you don't want to keep that? You don't want to keep the number one crime in this episode? A flashback? A, a John Doggett waking up at 530 in the morning with his little Dennis the Menace fucking son jumping on his bed in shoes? Yeah, this kid has been outside riding a bike at 530 a.m. while his parents slept? Where did the bike... Okay, I gotta tear this apart because this is the scene that we kept coming back to in the episode. Therefore, it was the most important scene where he, this little kid, Luke, that's his son, his dead son, in Mm -hmm. in fact, um, which Monica Reyes has to tell, retell John Doggett that, oops, he had a son and oops, he did die in a horrible death. (laughs) Um, The kid, did he, did he find the bike? No, it's his bike. He was just out there riding a bike. So why was he so excited about the bike? He wants to show his dad that he can ride the bike. But, I mean... In Vince Gilligan's mind, this is the ultimate point of pride. (laughs) This is how, like, kids ride bike. They don't ride bike by, like, practicing and practicing with their parents. They ride it in the morning. (laughs) By themselves at 5.30 a.m. Oh, my God. Was the kid wearing a helmet? No, I think we can only deduce from this that Vince Gilligan does not know how to ride a bike. No. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Now, Maybe I have... This, yeah? I have one final scene for you in my romance novel. Oh, please, please, please. Okay, so Alvin Kirsch rescues John Doggett, takes him back to the hotel. They make passionate love. The next oh. morning... Uh-huh. Scully and Reyes are knocking on that door. They're like, we found you finally. And he's like, John Doggett comes to the door. He's like, oh, actually, I'm not alone. He turns around. Kirsch has vanished. <gasps> and now they have to find Kirsch. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he just can't let them know that they're that they're doing no, it on the DL. See, here's the thing. I was really excited. Speaking of homoeroticism, I was really excited because um, there's a moment between Monica and Scully where Scully says that Skinner's gone down to Mexico to go look for him. And I thought, oh, well, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is going to be that, like, kind of, like, sexual tension between Skinner and uh, and Doggett in oversaturated Mexico. What is hotter? That's kind of, that had been my hope as well, but sadly, instead, we got a tense moment between Doggett and Reyes, who apparently grew up in Mexico. I don't think so. <laughs> by her, by her Spanish. Uh, <laughs> though, I, I was mystified because they mentioned Skinner's down in Mexico, but he's never, like, you never see him again. Well, he comes down, he comes at the end. Does he? Oh. Oh, at the end of the shootout? Yeah, he when he finds him in the bus. Yeah. That was a real I Fast guess. and the Furious moment, the bus, by the way. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, nothing excited me more, like, that. No, I guess after being so feisty seeing that kid jump on the bed with the dirty shoes, I don't, my heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. I can, okay, here are the things, largely, from this episode that did excite me. Okay, give it to me. Um, Dirty, sweaty boys. Yeah, so many. A uh, very good um, man uh, tries to shoot Doggett. Doggett makes the truck fall on his foot. He rips his full-on toes off. 
Oh, yeah. That was very good and visceral. Um, the so boy that fight was... between Doggett and Domingo. So the the guy, the toe thing. Can we talk about the cr- please, toe crime? Please talk about the toe crime. So, okay. So the big thing is, this is, of course, the cartel. This yeah. whole thing is this shadowy cartel. cartel. Uh, and this old ghoul has the power with his glowy eyes to completely erase memories and therefore make like worker slaves. Yeah. Well, is that he, gets, it? he gets rid of the cartel's enemies. So if someone's sniffing around, he, and he is, um, in the words of Vince Gilligan, a memory vampire. Um, mm? he, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh um, excuse me? Yeah, he's, uh, um, he's a memory vampire? Uh, uh, uh excuse me? <laughs> yeah, so apparently, um, Gilligan had been thinking of a story involving a quote-unquote va- memory vampire for months. For months. For months. For months. Just for months. Does that um, mean, wait, does that mean this ghoul sucka, sucka the memory and eat them up? Yeah, and that's how he knew to say to Doggett, like, you sure you want your memories back? Because they're bad, because your son died. I just... Okay. What memories do you think he finds the most delectable, though? Uh, well, he clearly was enjoying chomping on that bike riding bit. Yeah. <laughs> No, or was he? He kind of left that in there. Oh, he spat it back out. He spat, he didn't like it. <laughs> He's like, kids, not for me. I think, okay, so when we first meet this man, he is so ominously lit. Um, yeah, oh, And then so also, bad. he's just like an old, breathy man, and I think he's pretty nasty. I think he wants the sex yeah. memories. Ooh, he wants the dirty sex memories. He also wants, like, the nursty trauma memories. Yeah, I he think- does. I think he's all lobster and caviar, and I that's think- what s- sex memories are. <laughs> Is that what they are? Because mine are not like that. <laughs> What's a cheeseburger memory? <laughs> What's a cheeseburger memory? Yeah. It's a memory of me eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, a cheeseburger memory is something comforting. It's like um, uh, going... On a road trip, and you're si- you're a kid, and you're sitting in the back with your your sibling, and you're not fighting, but you're just like you know you're listening with your Walkman, and your favorite disc is in there, and you're looking through, and your parents are like pulling into like a good fast food restaurant or like theme park. I think that's a cheeseburger memory. Yeah. So for my version of that would be in the car on the road to Tofino, listening to uh, punk music on my mini disc player. Yeah, man. That's a good, <laughs> that's a cheeseburger memory. You know what? I, here's one of my cheeseburger memories. Okay. Um, and it's not from childhood, but it was the oh. first thing that I thought of when you said road trip. Okay. So my cheeseburger memory is you and me and several of our friends um sitting in a restaurant all wearing hawaiian t-shirts um and a waitress comes over and asks us if we're celebrating something and we say our friendship (laughs) buddy that's not that's not a cheeseburger memory that's like a that's a that's an ice cream sundae memory (laughs) but it that you know it was the moment that i realized i have become my parents (laughs) 
but but a better version of them because you're childless yeah absolutely childless and gay as hell hells yeah man i think what should happen is if the space cadets have a cheeseburger memory they should tell us their cheeseburger memory please please tell us your cheeseburger memories yeah, the most like comforting, nice memory you have. I That's need nice. them. I need to eat them in this time. Yeah. Except uh I mean if you want to send us a lobster caviar one, we'll take that too. Oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so here's the thing. This yeah. ghoul uh, John Doggett came sniffing around and then the ghoul took his, the memory vampire took all his memories, except for that nasty one with the boy and the shoes, because that's nasty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but, then the crew finds out that he's ex-FBI. Yeah. And this is where things turn. Yes. Yeah. And that's when the guy get hit, he foot a crush, and that's why the shootout happens. And then, and also the part where Domingo whips the shit out of Doggett with a tire iron, which I love. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love a boy fight. That was love hot. a boy fight. <laughs> now, Alvin Ker- uh, Hirsch does not find Doggett. No. Skinner does not find Doggett. Monica Reyes finds Doggett. She does. She's like, "You're Doggett. You're from the FBI." And I, lo- I mean, we're partners. Um, and I actually really like the moment where he's like, I have a son. And she's like, uh. uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, spaghettios. I really actually enjoyed that moment because Monica had emotion, um, which yeah. she usually doesn't. And she it was had an emotion. Uncomfortable moment. It was so good. That was pretty good. And, and then, then we- Doggett just becomes a vegetable crying yeah he does and then he says and then, then they the 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 cops come and he says get in the bus <laughs> and then there's a shootout and then i stop taking notes <laughs> yeah and then and then uh, skinner comes and he saves them because they they drove the bus five feet and then it sort of flipped over but not in a fun way yep nope not in a fun way it didn't flip it just it just tipped over <laughs> Look, <laughs> they can't fast and furious everything. Okay. And then uh, Doggett confronts the vampire and he's like, well, I got my memories back. And the vampire's like, are you sure you wanted them? Your son is dead. And then Dog is like, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. <laughs> and then the vampire opened his mouth and vomited all of the episodes of The Facts of Life back into fucking Doggett's head. And he's like, why? <laughs> why? Now this I didn't want. I'll take Frasier, but I will not take The Facts of Life, please. <laughs> hey, Al, that's how it ended. Yeah. But could I tell you how it should have ended? I would love nothing more. Okay. Picture this. We go back. Doggett. He is working for the coyotes. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's fixing a car and, uh, he's wiping his hands and he kind of slides right out of the car and he gets up and there's Walter Skinner and Walter Skinner knows he has to play it cool. So what Walter does is he starts romancing John Doggett into remembering who John Doggett was, but not just who John Doggett was, who John Doggett really is inside. 
and together they decide to stay in Mexico. And you know what they open out together? What? Their lamp bar. Ah! Yes! And this is the start of Glow Up. Oh my god, I love it. Two and also, can I detectives say? Detectives in Mexico. <laughs> I like it when you call him Walter. Yeah, I do too. It's like, <laughs> you know, might as well use his daddy name. Yeah, that is his daddy name. <laughs> I guess we can't call him Walt. That would be weird. I don't care for that. I like Walter. No, I don't care for that either. Anyway, that's how it should have ended. Love it. Loving it. Loving everything about it. Uh, should we rate this fucker? Let's do it. I ran on a spooky scale. One is not as spooky. Five is a so spooky. I'm going to give this to- the toe crushing. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Nice. No, a two. Because that toe, the toe, ooh, so crushed. Ooh. Uh, I rate on a rage scale, it goes from one, which is a great episode, I've never seen one of those, uh, all the way to First Person Shooter, which is the worst episode we've watched to date. Um, I'm gonna oh, give yeah. this a four. Yeah, it's not bad. It was kind of racist, it had some, like, yeah. like machismo-y, homophobic <laughs> I love moments. It. Like, I'm like, it's not bad, it's racist. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not At as point, racist as not episodes yes, have been in the past you. yes thank you not overtly racist i think asking uh, for an x-files episode devoid of even the smallest amount of ingrained racism is frankly asking too much ah! <laughs> from, oh. from the creators of this show i don't think they have yeah. it in them no i don't think they do Hey, uh, Al, if the Space Cadets want to send us their cheeseburger memories, where should they email us? Oh, please send those cheeseburger memories to doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's double spelled out, D-O-U-B-L-E. Uh, and also doublexfiles on Instagram and Twitter. And also, if you want to send us your Animal Crossing friend codes, we've already uh, picked up a few new friends. And yeah. um, I don't know, we're tra- sort of figuring some things out, but maybe we'll set up some kind of little party or something. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Um, also, I have had so much room in my life for so many more podcasts. Yeah. Um, so what kind of podcast would you recommend? Um, I would recommend a podcast uh, that's hosted by some fun, cool, funny people. Uh, so, of course, I'm talking about a major cast podcast. Of course. And um, I don't know, maybe one that looks at a specific author and all of his many problematic works. Hello there. My name is Katie Wright, and I host Brett Easton Hell Yes, the only podcast dedicated solely to the works of Brett Easton Ellis. Who is Brett Easton Ellis, you may ask? Well, he is the author of such generation-defining novels as American Psycho, Less Than Zero, and The Rules of Attraction. He famously took on such topics as the nihilism and pessimism of the 80s, the entitlement of the wealthy, uh, and the evils of capitalism. Sounds great, right? Well, it's not that simple, because he's also the man who recently wrote a book that's just basically about how much he triggers millennials uh and he's also the man who once famously said that women can't direct uh there's a lot to unpack with Brett Easton Ellis he's wonderful and terrible I love him as much as I hate him and I hope 
that in listening to this podcast, you will come to feel the same way. So please join me on my journey through the wildly inconsistent and problematic, but deeply delightful sometimes works of Brett Easton Ellis on Brett Easton Hell Yes every Sunday on the Major Casts Network. Oh, I love that one. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, deep dive. Deep, deep dive. Let's do prediction. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Okay, I got a half a point. Yes, you did. You definitely did. You, I think you said, and I quote, that guy, he loses his memory. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess the guy did lose a memory. He sure did. So you got, oh, I hate fractional math. You got a point and a quarter? Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, I have a point and a quarter, and you have three quarters. 1.25 point. points. Why have we done this? Why have we done this? I, I hate it In so much. In this, our final hour. <laughs> Why did we have to make it more complicated? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, it's my turn to predict. It's your turn to predict the eighth episode of the ninth season, aka season nine, episode eight. And the title is Hellbound. Mm, I think this is a Monica Reyes-centric episode. Okay, okay, interesting. And it, because, you know, she's into occult crimes, which totally don't exist. Um, So I think this is an actual occult crime. Okay. And so, like, some gross, I don't know, devil stuff is going on, and uh, people are dying in horrific satanic ways and she's like "Uh oh an actual crime i have to actually solve because it's actually happening (laughs) okay so half a point for ray is centric yeah half a point for devil crimes devil crime yes uh i'm gonna say satan crime satan crime okay yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, Um, i don't want to be so broad (laughs) (laughs) okay hey you gotta widen that net man yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, you did say a guy mem- loses his memory. You know, the guy. So. Yeah, and I was right. You were right. You sure were. <laughs> oh, buddy. Okay. Man, I every episode that we watch, I feel we're so, so close to the end. We're so close. I can taste it. The the moment when I realize I will no longer have to watch an episode of The X-Files ever again is going to be a cheeseburger memory in the making. <laughs> That's going to be like a double-decker Royale with cheese, my sure dude. Is. That's going to be... In the words of A&W, a Papa Burger. It's going to be a Papa Burger. Ooh, or a Grandpapa Burger. Ooh. Maybe it'll be my Chicky Fingy uh, memory. Yeah. My Chubby Chicken. My Chubby Chicken memory. <laughs> oh. 
Well, thank you, Space Cadets, for going on this shaky finger uh, memory with us. We're so close to the end. Um, and thank you for also staying tuned and probably not skipping through the Nook book or skipping the X-Files contact and going straight to the Nook book. That's the recommended sort of approach yeah. to listening. That's that's not stopping anytime soon, actually. So No, uh... the Nook book may be... <laughs> pretty standard for the remainder of the season and the podcast yeah that's what that's how we're gonna roll actually it's what gets us through so hopefully it gets it's what gets uh you through too anyway until next time the truth Truth is is out out there there. oh i want to eat a cheeseburger now i know me too why did we do this is it is eating a cheeseburger also a cheeseburger memory? Yeah, that is my original cheeseburger memory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.